Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to episode 108 of Voices from the Bench. My name is Elvis. My name is Barbara. How are you doing, partner? I know you're, uh, you've been homebound for a good month. How's it going? You crazy yet? I am way past crazy at this point. <laughs> it's tough. I mean, I guess the good news is we've made it through half of April. Yeah. So that's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My state just announced today, Indiana, that we are stay at home until May 1st. Okay. And that is also when the ADA is still saying when elective procedures can be done again is after May 1st. So I'm hoping that that's a, a sign of things getting back up to regular speed at one point. Yeah. Well, you know, I've got optimistic attitude about our industry starting to roll again, and I'm probably going to look different. We're going to have to operate different, and so are the dentists, but I think there's going to be a need to get back in the dentist chair and get away from their pain. I'm sure there's a lot of people in a lot of pain, and they're going to elect procedures. And I know that uh, we're just going to have to be creative in how we help everybody get back on their feet, the dentist, the lab, the patient, everybody. How do we all pay for it? And um, I think that's where, uh, that's where the money is. That's the magic question. Well, hopefully everybody paying for it does not mean lower lab bills. I know. That's not part of the equation. I know. But I saw just now that Florida is getting ready to open up some beaches. I know. I'm so grateful. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess that's a good thing. I've actually gone to uh, Dunning Causeway the last two Saturdays to run. And the beaches aren't open, but the paths are. So everybody's out there working out and it's beautiful. And you can kind of get the ions from the water and get a little bit of balance. But... I'm a beach girl, so I'm super hoping that they do open them up. I just like to get out and lay in the sun and, you know, just kind of feel like I'm a little bit normal. That would be nice. Well, let me ask you. Let's say they open up the beaches and you go. Are you going to stay six feet away from everybody? Hell yeah. Is that even possible to do on a beach in Florida? Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. There's enough room for everybody. And yeah, I think we still need to be super smart about that because I think it's working. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Then you're six feet away from them, you know, and they cough, you know, six feet's really not going to make a difference, but it's working. So I'm in. Will you wear a mask while on the beach? Uh, and then I'll get a mask sunburn. That would be pretty. That's what I was hoping to see at the next meeting was a nice big white area around your mouth. I will probably put a towel over my head, though. Like if I'm laying, I'll, I'll, kind of, I'll cover my head. So, yeah, but I'll try to be as smart as I can. That's the ostrich way of avoiding an issue is just burying your head. Yeah, that's the aging way. I always put a towel over my head because I don't like to get sun on my face. So it's just normal for me. Well, from a chilly 40 degree Indiana... <laughs> I don't care what you do on the beach. I know. I was going to say, up oh, your third. <laughs> so, hey, we're going to have another update today from our good friend Bennett from the NADL. He's got some more information about the COVID-19 and our industry. Elvis and I, you know, we've really been trying to get this out as much as we can on the podcast. And we hope that all of you guys are seeing some benefits for it. So join us for a conversation recorded Friday, April 16th this afternoon. All right. We'd like to welcome back after a week off Bennett Napier from the NADL to update us on some of the information coming from this COVID-19 and how it affects dental laboratories. How are you today, Bennett? Uh, It's Friday. So... uh... Friday's better than Friday. <laughs> is it? Yeah, is it? I think every day is Friday, but no, it's it is a real Friday. So uh, a little bit of weekend, although it's going to be raining, but it's still a weekend. So yeah, yeah we're hanging in there. Agreed. Hope y'all are doing well. I know you both have had a fun few weeks, as we all have. So uh, grateful for y'all keeping out the messaging and communication. So thanks again for the opportunity to be with you. As always, we appreciate everything that you and the NADL has done to keep us informed. Absolutely. Yeah. So what's the latest? What's the news that we need to? get out to the industry. Yeah, sure. I appreciate it. I'm going to maybe talk a little bit about current and then let's talk about the future because the future, uh, yeah. that's what we all want. So just you know, a couple of highlights. NADL did a survey to its membership on what steps labs have taken since March 16th, which you know, to some extent was kind of the beginning of activity for laboratories. And so effectively 88% 
of the respondents to our survey had either furloughed employees, laid off employees, or done a combination of layoffs and furloughs since March 16th. And if we look at the second piece of that, it's clear why, what the reason is for that is at over uh, nearly 80%, um, which is staggering, 80% of our survey respondents said their revenue was down by 76% or more. I mean, in many cases, it was in the 90% higher range. Sure. Yeah. And so NADL staff's been in communication with American Dental Association staff almost on a daily basis by phone and email. And obviously, they're doing data collection just as much as we are, just obviously have a broader pool of people in terms of the size of their membership. But if you look at what's happened on the ADA side, it's effectively ADA had a, a good webinar on uh, April 16th, which uh, I know a lot of people from the laboratory side uh, logged into that. Mm-hmm. You know, Effectively, if we look at it from their standpoint, have over 80% of dentists effectively were you know, certainly following the orders for just emergency care as it stands with the state and local orders, but almost 20% were actually completely closed. We know there's some outliers that are still doing <laughs> quite a bit of work that maybe they probably shouldn't be doing, but they're, it seems like a, a minority of practices are in that boat. And they send it all tonight. <laughs> I, I don't want yeah. to name any yeah, <laughs> name and names, but um, <laughs> but if we look at if we look at going forward, um, you know, because obviously with the the White House is phasing back in, if you will, that will occur over the next you know weeks or months, depending on what state or location somebody's in. Thank God. Yeah, everybody's looking at the future. So a couple of things I think are pertinent is the ADA has created an advisory task force on dental practice recovery. And so obviously the objectives that they have in many respects are going to be very closely aligned with what we would want to see, because uh, if they're open, we're open. And so- mm-hmm. I think important component of that task force is one of the co-chairs, who you both know uh, this person, is uh, Dr. Rudy Liddell, a dentist from Florida. And both of you know, because you worked with him, he uh, just came off of our NBC Board of Trustees, having served yeah. uh, in terms with them. So the good news is he he understands the laboratory community. And, and even before he was on that NBC role, he was on the Council on Dental Practice, which that council within ADA is our primary linkage with ADA on, you know, the dental laboratory dentist relationship. So it couldn't be better suited to have somebody like him who understands what our needs are, what our market looks like on that task force. That's a really good news in that standpoint. Absolutely. More about kind of from an NADL standpoint, you know, on April 22nd, which is obviously a couple of days probably went after this will air. You know, the, the last few webinars that we have done from an NADL standpoint, which have been widely utilized, which we're glad of that, means people need that information and want that information. We've been focusing more on technical aspects of infection you know, control, printing of PPE, those kind of things. We're shifting gears and the NADL executive officers, and we have an outside facilitator, David Knorr, who's kind of a business strategist, are going to be talking about post-COVID, how do you not only help your own business recover, but how do you help your customer base recover? And, you know, what, what's the relationship look like going forward in terms of communication, you know, consumer confidence expectations that the lab and dentists could collaborate on to provide assurance to the patient that it, the practice is a safe place to come and the laboratory that they work with has good protocols as well. So I think that's going to be a, a good webinar for people to kind of think differently and, and potentially consider some different elements of you know activities and operations that need to be considered to make those relationships successful in a you know post-COVID business environment. So excited to share that. And I think that will definitely bring some good value to people, I hope. Yeah. So Barb, you're on that webinar, right? Yeah. I'm looking forward to that as well. I've actually gone out to several dentists as well as lab technicians that I know just to kind of get their input and see what they're thinking and you know, just to collaborate. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. All sorts of past podcast guests are on that. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of, it's the who's who. Yeah, it's a small yeah. industry. Oh, yeah. It's, a, yeah, it's a small market, we know that. But, you know, on a broader note, I just, I think it's important as we collaborate and share with people. I know each of you have been on different webinars and messaging boards and just kind of the message, I've been kind of using the term caring and sharing. It's just been great to see this community in lots of different ways, try to help each other, you know, just if nothing else, just to be a sympathetic ear, you know, to what 
different people are going through and certainly on the economic relief packages that, you know, people have either applied for or gotten or, you know, didn't get on the first round and are still working on that. Just helping people with those processes, you know, it's been great to see that. And so, you know, I would share just obviously there were a lot of in the last, you know, three or four days, there were quite a few laboratories that got funding through the uh, EIDL uh, SBA program. Some also obviously went uh, through the Paycheck Protection Program. And as we all know from the news, both of those funds, the funding's been depleted at least for round one. And so I think there's definitely an expectation, high probability that Congress will authorize additional funding for at least the Paycheck Protection Program, if not EIDL or something similar to that. So I, I think I would guide people if for whatever reason that they didn't get a formal loan approved and cash in hand, if you will, on the first round is not to throw in the towel. They needed that money and they probably still need that money. So I just encourage people to continue to work with their lenders, have open communication with the lenders on, are there any other documents that they need to supply or modify that would slow down the process for underwriting to get those funds should the next round of funding be approved by Congress? And that's that's important. I just, you know, I just hope people that there were a lot of businesses in all sectors that, you know, either got funding or didn't get funding and probably, you know, just it's a supply and demand issue. I mean, it was no pun intended a run on the bank. So there's a lot of yeah. businesses that didn't get that initial round of funding, but that's why they're probably going to have the second round just because it a lot of people applied in a very short amount of time. There were definitely hiccups on SBA and the lender side, just given the volume. I think hopefully people will, you know, encourage to apply for the next round should it come forward. Yeah, it's important that people keep trying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people say that they did get their loans and stimulus money. And right. then I've heard a lot of people say they're out of money, but you know they're going to do round two. Yeah. So don't come up, keep going. It'll yeah. be there. An additional element of kind of the future as, you know, laboratories hopefully, you know, bring back on their workforce, you know, either from layoffs or even those that had furloughs, but bringing people back into the fold. You know, I hope people will reach out to us at NADL, especially members for sure have this benefit. We'll work with non-members to help them as well through our one of our HR consultants, uh, C Management. They effectively have a, a rehire package, meaning from an employer standpoint, there's definitely documentation that you need to put in writing as people are being rehired, if you will, or brought back into the lab from being out of the lab for a few weeks. And we'll help owners and managers with that documentation of what that needs to look like, what it needs to entail in terms of wording as people start to bring back their team members over the next few weeks. We're happy to help in that regard. And so just encourage people to reach out to us so we can help them with that. Awesome. So technically we have to rehire the technicians? I mean, obviously if it was formerly a layoff, that's for sure. Yes. I mean, because certainly a good percentage did actual layoffs as opposed to a furlough. I used the term the other day on a webinar, a furlough is kind of like a separation, a layoff is kind of like divorce. So you kind of like got to start over. (laughs) And so certainly those made the decision to do layoffs, which was, you know, almost 25% 25% of the labs said that's what they path they chose to do because it was probably the right path for the business and their employees at that point in time they made that decision so they'll they'll have to effectively do a, what they call a rehire package interesting wow. you know we're all hopeful for some optimism i think it's it's going to be a, a long haul i think but i, I think you know certainly NADL hopefully been trying to be a, a conduit of relevant and vetted information to help people we'll continue to do that because i think the crisis itself was uh, and we're still in it has not been fun uh, recovery will still be difficult and so there'll be some new elements that people need to consider based on the trends that we see in the recovery and in how we work collaboratively with our dental customers and our supplier vendor partners. It's going to take all of us to work together collaboratively to get things back where we want them to go. And I'm, I'm hopeful and optimistic that that will occur. You know, again, going to the community spirit of our market is um, very resilient and innovative and creative. And so all of that gives me hope and optimism that we'll be fine. It'll, it'll be bumpy, but I think we'll be fine when we get there. Yep, I do too. I've got a lot of optimism. I know it's been tough on a lot of people. But I think once the dentists get back to work and once the governors reopen the you know, states, I, I think you've probably got a lot of people out there that really need to see the dentists. So I, I really see it coming back pretty quick. 
I think they'll probably add a Friday and a Saturday to their schedule. Yeah. Um, so I'm optimistic as well. But just thank you both for what you're doing and keeping out the, the messaging. And I know you've been a, a good lifeline for people. And even though a lot of people used to listen to you driving into work, <laughs> they might probably yeah. doing that from their uh, home office or their couch, but you're keeping people connected. So that's a great thing. So thank you, Bennett. We appreciate your time. We appreciate you sharing all of the information with us and hopefully we can get this out to as many people as we can. Great. Thank you, Barb and Elvis. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank Have you. a great weekend. Well, thanks again, Bennett, for updating us as always, with all the information that you've gathered. Remember to check out this episode's show notes for any of the links he mentions and to always follow the NADL on Facebook and their website, nadl.org. They've done a great job keeping us informed. Barb, do you remember when the industry came together in Chicago for LMT Lab Day? Yes. Back in February? Back when we were a little more normal. Yep. Yeah. How different do you think everybody would have been if we all knew that that would have been the last time for a while that we'd be able to get together and have a conference? I don't know, because that conference was so amazing. (laughs) I think we were all so pumped anyway. You don't think we would have treated it any different? Uh, I don't know. We might have been wearing masks. (laughs) Well, Barb and I had the opportunity to set up our recording gear at the Argon booth right there in the exhibit hall. While there, we were able to record a lot of different people in our industry. And one of the greatest parts of recording live is getting to talk to people who we might not usually talk to or set up to talk to remotely. So there I was setting it up the first day and looking for our first recording. I met a lady by the name of Randy James who just was stopping by the Argon booth to see her rep. I convinced her to come back with her husband, Scott, to talk about their story and to see what they're doing in their lab. Now, we love a good lab that has a long family story. These two have it, and they're doing a great job in Minnesota. They are a wonderful couple. Then we were joined by Fernando Catania. He is the dental regional sales manager for DGS Shape. Those, of course, are the makers of the Roland Mills. Fernando talks about the history of the Roland and what they're working on now and how they listen to the needs of the labs. So join us live from the Argon booth at LMT Lab Day Chicago 2020 with Scott and Randy James and Fernando Catina. Barb, I got a call from a doctor who's looking for a new lab. What? That's awesome. Did they start to send you work yet? Yeah, but unfortunately her impressions are terrible. Miss margins, distortions all over. I don't know what to do. Well, she's probably looking for a new lab because the last lab stopped taking her impressions. You know, bad dentists, they go from lab to lab to lab. Yeah, that's probably what she's doing. But you know, I just got this account. I don't want to lose it. When I talked to her, I asked what impression material she was using, and it was some brand I've never heard of. Yeah, there's a lot of crappy impressions out there. I don't understand why offices use cheaper materials to save money up front, but in the end, it ends up costing them twice as much, and with all the remakes for us and for them that they end up doing. And, you know, we gotta eat the remake costs. Yeah, that's so true. I really wish I could find an impression company I could rely on for help, and the doctors can get the help they need for us to get the records we need. So there you have it. Check out Kettenbach. This German manufactured impression materials taking the U.S. by storm. Not only do they use top-notch patented technology, but they have a dedicated customer service team that will work with your accounts, which is amazing. Interesting. So do I just call the doctor and tell her to switch? You know, what if she doesn't want to? Well, you know how doctors are. Most of them are pretty open and say, hey, if I can do better, please let me know. So if I was you, I would tell her to call Kettenbach Direct, give her the number of 877-532-2123. They've actually got a $99 starter kit. They will put her in touch with a local rep. And they also have a lot of materials that labs use every day, like the Panacell Lab Putty Hard and Lab Putty Soft. They've got Soft Reline. They've got bite registration material. And when a lab orders, guys, listen up, 25% off your first order. All you have to do is mention the code Dental Lab Podcast 25. Plus, they sell direct, so there are even more savings. 
Labs. Whoa, wait a minute. I've heard about that lab, buddy. We use it here in our lab. I didn't even realize it was made by Kettenbach. That is amazing lab putty that our technicians love. I'm gonna check out kettenbach-dental.us right now and then call my new doctor. So just hearing Elvis say it's an amazing lab putty, there you go, there's a super awesome recommendation. So call him. Thanks for your support of the podcast, Kettenbach. Thank you. Voices from the Bench. The Interview. So here we are, LMT Lab Day, day one. Well, it's actually day two, but day one in the exhibit hall at the Argon booth. And I am joined by Scott James and Randy James from Renstrom Dental Studios in Minnesota. Yep. We are uh, just north of St. Paul in Vadness Heights. Vadness Heights. Never heard of it. Yes. So where do you get the name of your lab, Renstorm? It was, it's my family's name. Okay. So, started by my grandfather in 1966. 66, wow. And then my dad and my uncle were in there. It started, well, they've been in there since they were like 15, 16 working. Worked through the 80s, 90s, and then I started in 2003. And then my husband, Scott, started. 2017. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice. So, when your grandfather opened it, what was it, like, strictly, like, in the garage type thing or did he have a whole lab or um it started out he was actually working for a dentist and i believe i was kind of started what i've heard is like a closet in the dentist's office yeah and then he just kind of expanded um where'd your grandfather learn the trade um in the navy okay sure so that's a great program Mm -hmm. i've never met a technician come out of there that wasn't phenomenal Yep. Did your, your father and uncle learn it from your grandfather? or Yes. Yeah, so yep. they learned. And at that point, it was its own lab. Yep. Yeah, I think, I think seeing some of the early pictures on the wall at the lab, they first came in, like you said, when they were 15, and there was like 20, 30 other people in that photo. So it was a pretty big lab. Oh, sure, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, he really grew that big. Yes, he did. Nice. And then what did your father and uncle do? Were they just technicians and Yes, my uncle was kind of on the crown and bridge. He loved models. He was doing more casting end of things, and my father was a ceramist. Okay. Was it all fixed, or was it? Yep, it was all fixed, and then we started removables in 2013, and then we just kind of expanded into orthodontics. Last last April, we brought three new techs on, actually a fourth tech now for ortho in our our lab. No kidding. So we're doing full-blown ortho, removables, everything. Nice. Mm -hmm. So how many technicians do you guys have now? Um, I believe technician-wise, we're at around 17, 18. 17, yeah, 18. Okay. And about That's 30 people size. overall. 33, 35 when you include office and drivers and everything else. Got to yes. include the drivers. Yep, they're the it. most important people they are. in the whole they lab. Really are. Well, they're, <laughs> they're the, the face. They are the unsung heroes yeah. of our industry. They're in all of our offices. They all love them. So yeah. they're a very important part of our business, Yeah, I too. try to get my, my drivers. It's like, you should set up a booth. <laughs> I mean, this is good. <laughs> so what did you do when you came into the lab? Um, I started in the office, and I kind of came in not really knowing what I was going to be doing. But you um, grew up there. Yes. So did you play in there when you were a kid? And I really didn't. Inter- no. No, most people do. Like, yeah. you always hear about how they were doing model work when they were kids and yeah. stuff. We really didn't. I have a sister. She's not in the industry, but we knew about the lab just because we always heard about the lab, and we'd stop in there, but we never got our hands on anything yeah. in there. And then... I went off to school for business, and right when I graduated, the office manager was on maternity leave, decided she wasn't going to return. Yeah. So they kind of asked me to come in and kind of fill some gaps, and I didn't have anyone to kind of show me what she was doing since she wasn't there. So, so I you just had to kind do it all on your own. started figuring things out, and yeah. And you've been there ever since. You're stuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I, the intention when I came in there, was I wasn't sure if that's what I was going to do for the rest of yeah. my life, but... The industry really grew on me. The it people grew on me. Our offices. To do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when did you guys meet? Because you're not. A, you didn't come from the industry, right? No. We actually met through a mutual friend at college. So mm-hmm. we were friends for about three years. So I knew about the lab yeah. for a while, and then dated. Did you know what it was? Not really. Like, to be honest, I had no idea that dental laboratories even existed. Most I people just, don't. I just assumed when that. When she mentioned lab, did you think beakers and white kind coats? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so when I when I found out that 
it wasn't doctors actually being the ones who made the crowns and everything. Yeah. It really blew my mind. I just I assumed bet. they took my oppression. Somebody back there did something, and then, you know. And I all, thought all the, the exact yeah, same all thing. All the magic happened or whatever. I had no idea. So then I moved up to be by her in 2009, and then I am a wide format digital print graphic designer was what my. Graphic design, like would, banners and yep, things? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yep. So that sure. was what my background was in. And then. When her dad was getting closer to, hey, I'm looking at retiring, they brought me in in October of 2017 saying, you know what, let's get you in the door for a couple of years before I go out the door. And he's actually retiring in May of this year. Oh, so, yeah. so now I've been there for about two and a half years, getting my feet in the door, learning all the technology. And, you know, once I could design in a three-dimensional space versus like Illustrator or Photoshop. It's all I'm, flat. Oh, yeah. my mind was just blown. And really? Yeah, that's interesting. Then you bring in programs like, you know, co-diagnostics and being able to do all the implant treatment planning and everything. It's just it's just out of this world. So at that point, point your father has already established the digital part of the lab. I mean, do you have yeah. the three shape and do you have all that? He was definitely the initiator and kind of bringing in the technology. Saw where the industry was going. He was definitely the promoter of getting mills, printers, everything in there and kind of leading that. And from the stories I've heard, he brought it in pretty early, like yeah. 06, 07, 08, yeah, to the early. point of where it was unfortunately a little bleeding with yeah. getting a very large 3D printer. When way like, before the time. Way before the times yeah. when he thought people were going to start scanning sooner and sooner. And even to this day, if you sit down with him and have a cup of coffee, that's the first thing he'll bring up is he cannot believe every doctor's office doesn't have an interoral scanner. It's pretty amazing how few do. And he's been saying it for over a decade. So that's it's insane. kind of interesting. Yes. That's cool. Mm -hmm. That's cool. So how was it? Who taught you the design? Was it? So we have a great design team, but Josh, who sat next to me in the design room, basically showed me everything. And then, so I learned everything in 3Shape. Yeah. And then I became very good friends and through one of our accounts who's a doctor outside the Madison area. And he's like, you know what? I love hunting, fishing, drinking beer with you, Scotty. I'm going to take you around the country. So I did like 140 hours of CE my first year going and learning everything about occlusion. Wow. Everything about comprehensive case planning, implants, everything like that. So the one thing I don't like is not knowing things. So I was like, well, I have to just dive all in. Did you go through like Panky or Dawson or any of that? So or? I went through the Clinical Mastery Series. Clinical Mastery okay, Series with sure. uh, John Nosti's yeah. group and those guys. So that was fantastic for me. It was really just nuts and bolts, bread and butter. Learned really good Cusfasa relationship and then obviously every single doctor who sends to us all has their own different things so you continually sure. learn what everybody feels like is the best occlusal preferences yeah. and stuff. So and then we host a spear study group at Fear. our at our yeah, lab. Nice. So I'm part of two down in Madison area. Two down in the Madison area. So I drive five hours each way, you know, sometimes twice a month. For a spear? For well no spears at our lab, yeah. but for um, two different groups that are in the wow. Madison area and then we also host an AGD study group at the lab as well. So Wow, you guys are killing it. We're trying We're to trying. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. What's the competition like in the area? Is there a lot of labs in, in your area? or? There's a lot of labs. Yeah. Um, there definitely were a lot of labs similar to us. Some have kind of consolidated into the sure. larger corporate groups and stuff, which yeah. brings a whole other level of competition and everything. But we've been trying very hard to hold our own. And Yeah. Do you find that when labs nearby get part of a corporation that it's actually good for your business? Because, honestly, that happened to us. And it was one of the best things that's ever happened. We're, I feel like we're kind of on the middle point right now is there's still enough labs like us around that they all haven't been, like, completely consolidated yeah. yet. But I'd say we're definitely getting more offices right now that are coming from, oh, we were getting the $99 crown, and we can't do that anymore. This is ridiculous. We don't want this stuff anymore. And so that's where most of our newer accounts are coming that's from. great. Besides, you know, obviously the doctor referrals. So sure. that's been that's been great. You guys do a lot of advertising? We try to. I mean, you make banners for current. Can't you just, like, <laughs> whip it out and flyers, I, I, like, I all day to, long? Yeah. Yeah. No, we do. So we have, um, we put out a newsletter mm -hmm. uh, once a quarter. Do we, you? we send out to over 800 offices wow. um, that we send out. 
Um, What's we, in the newsletter? Informational? Yeah, technical? We, we typically, both. So we typically like to see if we can have a doctor write something up for us, you know, because it's going out to other clinicians. Yeah. And so it's not necessarily trying to be like, hey, look at us as a lab. It's yeah. trying to get good information and education out to doctors so then they realize, hey, this is an information hub that I can, you know. Who puts it together? Uh, Randy does. I'm looking at you. You look <laughs> like that. Well, I put the information together. So I don't know if we started it last year or the year before. We started a journal on our website, and that's all doctor articles that they kind of put out nice. on our behalf. So we take articles from there, and then we usually try to have some kind of CE courses going. We work with other groups in the area as well. So we usually have some kind of CE class to promote yeah. in there. This last newsletter talked about we do interns, like internships. From local schools? Exactly. Yep. Do you guys have a technical dental technology school near you? No, we kind no. of work with a local community school who has a assisting program. Assisting in yep. hygienic, yep. yep. Yep, so we'll have assistants in that program come in, and then University of Minnesota. The dental students actually will come in for like a two-week internship. Too. Nice. Yes. Yeah, so nice. they'll come in as they're trying to apply into dental school to have something to put on their resume. Yeah, so. that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Mm -hmm. What's the name of your uh, newsletter? Do you have a clever name for it? I don't think so. Like the, runs, like Radiant Restorations, yes. I believe. Radiant rest Restorations. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. And then it's like friends it. from us. Uh, yes. <laughs> you got to have some something clever. Yeah. Our journal name isn't very clever. It's just called Journal. But the, yeah. the main contributor <laughs> the to that journal. is that, that Madison guy I was talking about, Dr. Ryan Yakowitz. Yeah. Uh, he's actually out of Belleville. And uh, no, he's just been fantastic for me. So Yeah. Nice. Mm. So what's new for you guys? Why are you here in Chicago? I am a three-shape lover, and, um, you know, I follow all those guys on the three-shape uh, Facebook. Facebook page. Yeah, yep. those guys are phenomenal. They are. So, like, I've become, you know, kind of Internet friends with, like, the yep. Mark Dixons of the group and stuff like sure, that. And, sure, sure. Uh, so seeing all them, seeing what new things they have to put up is great. But, you know, we're always interested in new technology, seeing what else is out there. You know, we have two Form 2s right now. Do we look at buying another type of a printer yeah. we can bring a few more things in house those type of things but um other than that it's just good to see the people that we do business with on a daily basis Absolutely. you know like emily from argon here it's just it's nice to see these people and just you know keep putting a face to the name Absolutely. And stuff, so. yeah it's getting important. to meet yeah. new people every year and then you see them every year you come back yeah so. do you guys come here every year this is our third, far, is third, third consecutive year, I want to say, that yeah. I've been here. I should have been going longer, but this is my third year. Really? So. Do you guys drive? Uh, we fly. Fly, mm -hmm. yeah. I wasn't sure how far away it is. It's like a six-and-a-half to seven-hour drive or yeah, it's doable, an hour and 20 minutes. flight. weekend really long. Yes. Right. And if yeah. we do it ahead of time, the flight prices are very reasonable. Sure. So. But it, the crazy part is we were talking about yesterday, from all the courses and everything we're going to and coming here, I feel like we're starting to see the same people all over, and it's the world oh. is becoming much, much smaller. And yeah, that's Ran a good point. Randy was at a, a breakfast yesterday. Yeah, um, women in dentistry. Did you go to that? I did. Yeah, they won't great. let me in. Every year <laughs> I try, and I'm like, what the heck? You no. can set up the voices from the bench back there. Yeah. My co-host is female. It's good enough, yeah. right? It should be. It should be. Yeah. I actually asked her because I was pretty hungry. I said, do you think that they would let me in because I'm a big advocate or <laughs> I love women in dental technology. Right. No, we had the ITD ladies on a couple years ago. They put it on, and I've heard only great things about it. Who yeah. spoke there? This there was quite a few people who presented. Really? I was a little late for it. Yeah, um, it's morning. I get it. Yeah, but it was it was a really great event, yeah. and I was everyone got really motivated to try to put on like their own chapters of it. So it's not just once in Chicago, like how they can kind of expand. Oh. So then when we meet in Chicago, there can be even more. Oh, people you attending. You do your own in your area? We talked about it last night because we have our state meeting coming up in April, and I was like, if we could get like 20 to 30 just to start it, like have just breakfast for before the or meeting. Something just to yeah. get, it, get it kicked off the ground, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we do a lot of spears, and I got contacted by a female prosthodontist who wants to start an all-female spear group. Oh, okay. Who I could recommend from our lab. Sure. I offered to show up and drag, but it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, have, have, do you go to the Spear Summit then? I don't. Okay. I don't. We don't actually host the Spear Study Club, yeah. but we participate. Between me and the owner, we go to nine of them. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we go here and up there and yep. all over. We just kind of go around. and 
Uh, he goes to the summits. I've never okay. been. One of these days, I'd love you should, to go. You should bring it there because I think there'd be a lot of people there to talk to, and it's really good CE out yeah. there too. So. Yeah, I love their whole organization. Yeah. It's really changed how we think. Yep. Full mouth. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what's new? What's next? So right now, the next thing we're going to be looking at is, you know, everybody's hot button thing is clear aligners. And so we were very impressed with Full Contour slash Argon's presentation yesterday. Mm -hmm. Yep. It gives us an opportunity of a new revenue stream without having to do anything. (laughs) Yeah, without having to bring in that dreaded FDA 510K that everybody is horrified about. Zero interest. Yes. So, but the best part is, is that for me, for we do a lot of digital diagnostic wax ups. So this would give me an opportunity to say, okay, here's where your patient starts now. And if they're giving me a case that I think is a little bit difficult or yeah, I yeah. don't trust that the restorations are going to last long term, this gives me an opportunity of another tool in my, in my belt to say, hey, you know, after 16 weeks of clear liners, this is where we could go. And now let's look at doing those 10 veneers. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if, if they agree to the, the $99 charge or whatever to bring that into the treatment planning, you know, now it helps for everything because now Absolutely. we can be like, oh, you, know, you want to do an implant in 19? Well, if we make space for it with these liners now in six months, we can look at doing that implant and doing 10 new veneers. So you, know, sort you of guys thing. already do ortho, though. We do. We just don't do the clear liners. You don't do a clear liners right. yet. Yeah. We, when we brought those guys in, we brought in um, a, a laser welder. We brought in everything. So we do everything in-house with that. It's um, Those guys, we almost say they make like little torture devices for i mean they <laughs> i feel so bad when they tell me like every time we make something new i ask them to bring it to me and explain what they're doing and everything and they're like yep it's going to go on here and the spring is going to bounce out and i'm like i'm like how old is the patient they're like nine i'm like yeah. oh you see man. those pallet extenders uh, yes. you're like god you gotta uh, take a key in there exactly and, turn it, and it does uh, not look good no it doesn't what about uh digital dentures is that on the horizon or it's something that we constantly are kicking around the idea for. Yeah. We have um, an awesome set of guys who are in our denture department, and we're as we look at bringing ways to do digital dentures, we still want to be able to incorporate those guys because you can't, you know, ignore the experience and everything. Are they you know, willing to do it on a computer? Hundred percent. Really? Good. Even if they're not the ones who are designing it, even if they're the ones who are sitting next to the designers. Okay, that's it. okaying yeah. it. Then they get to do the finishing of it, and they can do all their things that their experiences yeah. have brought them on to be able to do. Uh, I think that's where it's going to be a winner. It's just right now, every ecosystem that you learn about all has its own little touch points and differences and everything. And I don't think there is anything that's like straightforward. This is the easiest, the best way to do it. No, you, you no, need to have yeah. all these little extra touch points, extra software. So. As much as people want to say that it's 100% ready, I think it is for labs that have never done dentures before. For people who have experienced denture techs at their business, I think that it's not necessarily fully No, ready. it's still easier Correct. and cheaper, not cheaper, less expensive right. to do it by hand at this point. Right. Yeah. What so. do you guys, you guys do IvoBase or? Yes. Yeah, it's a good system. Yep. Yeah, it puts out a nice result. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for yeah. sitting down. Thanks for thanks having for us. Having thanks us. for being my first <laughs> for Lab Day. Sorry about the buzz. No, it's cool. I got to figure out where it's coming from. It was good for a while, and yeah. now I'll walk around like this for the rest of the day. It'll You'll be just hear fun. it all day, all day. Thank you so much. Yeah. Good to see Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it, yeah, and no uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you. Sounds yeah. good. Thank you. Yeah. I, I want to say S words. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> no, not, not those words. Just words because of the S's. Oh. <laughs> Sucker and suckatash. <laughs> All right, here we are at LMT Lab Day Chicago on Saturday afternoon. We and are with Roland Guy, Fernando, Fernando Catania. Catania. People call me Cantina. I get Catal- Cantina. That's where I wanted to go, the whole yeah. Star Wars thing. Cantina, but. Catalina, Catania. Catania. I love it. it. works. How are you? Very well. You nice having a good show? Uh, well, it's Saturday today, right? Yeah. It's Saturday. It's, uh, we're done, but we've had a lot of fun. Uh, I'm doing great, I think. Your room you have up there is a nice setup. Thank you. Very nice. Thank you. So, yeah, the suite this year, we kind of scaled it up from years uh, prior. Yeah. Um, the idea is that we create this uh, space where people can come and 
ask us questions. We get a lot of people that have our technology and they just want tips and tricks yeah. about their workflows. Yeah. So it's really a space for people to, you know, users to interact with each other and then just share experiences. Obviously, we're there to answer questions. Yeah. Um, so really, it's just a, a, meet, a meeting point for people, just like the whole show, but for people to, that, so we can assist. Sure. So usually companies launch something at this event. Did you guys have anything new that you're promoting? Yeah, we did. We launched a couple of things that we, our team from Japan was here. So obviously nice. we're a Japanese-based company. Mm-hmm. Our American uh, operation has run since 1981. A lot of people you don't know You guys have been this. making mills since 1981? Yes, sir. Wow. Who the hell had a mill in 1981? <laughs> uh, actually, uh, our milling technology from today was made in 1981 to mill our own piano keys. Piano wow, keys? that's a great story. Yeah, I bet you our listeners are going, "Huh, that's yeah. crazy." So, um, well, we 3D print those now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Our uh, milling technology does stem from our own man- internal manufacturing. So many, many years ago, we used to mill our own piano keys out of precious materials. You know, wow. high-end materials, ivory. N- isn't that what piano keys are made of? Uh, yeah, let's just, I think today's not PC to say that. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm no. sorry. Uh, teeth? No, <laughs> like valuable substrates. Yeah. So we would make our own keys and they were milled. And they had to be, you know, just perfect. Baby butt smooth. Is that kosher? Yeah, yeah that's cool. We <laughs> so, like talking about butts. <laughs> so they had to be very smooth, very fine finished. So we used to have the technology internally. And a couple of other things that were going on in the company. We're an innovation company, really. We're not a... We're a music company. We were a music company. And we still are. Interesting. Never you know, knew that. Yeah, like keyboards. Yeah. Rolling keyboards. Now that you say that, I you put the two and two together, keyboards. but I never Yeah, keyboards, never synthesizers. Did. Yeah. I'm not, I'm I not recognize music, that yeah, name okay. for music. Yeah, we actually have a, uh, what's the gold record award of the music industry? Come up with it in a second. You know, yeah, I don't know. You know, when you make stuff up, you can't really remember it. Exactly. Yeah. Grammy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have a Grammy. We you have, have a, a Grammy? Wow. Yeah, Roland actually created the digital musical file, the MIDI. <laughs> we oh, I remember it. the MIDI. That's so, all how ringtones used to be. Well, yeah. MIDI, we created the MIDI file. We've done a lot of things that are innovative in the music industry. And that innov- the spirit of innovation is what led us to have a division called Digital Group in the early 80s. <laughs> the first products we ever commercialized outside of music were milling machines. So our milling wow, technology cool. in dental stems from those early on milling devices. So you guys have been doing it for a while, it sounds like. We've been doing yeah. it, yeah, for over 35 years. Explain to me what the DG shape is. Is that the umbrella company or how is it? I'm glad you asked that. It's actually yeah. something that it shows it's kind of like it wouldn't have made sense if we didn't have that this other discussion. So music, yep. Roland Music, still mm-hmm. a company today. Yeah. Roland DG or uh, Digital Group. Uh, which is the one that we've been known for. Those two broke away so that we could focus on different businesses because they were, so, you know, they were not alike at all. Sure. The, we feel that this world, the lab and world, the dental world, um, is separate enough and unique enough to our company that it deserves the focus. So DG Shape has um, been taking shape for a couple of years. Yeah. Everyone knows this is Roland. But DG Shape is our dental company. Okay. Okay. That's good. We want to focus and we want to have focused resources and focused innovation for this this market, uh, for you guys. We don't want to accidentally order a synthesizer when you're actually wanting a dental <laughs> mill. Yeah. A, I don't want to accidentally do that. Yeah. Only you, partner. Yeah. <laughs> Only it, you. It's more about, like, focus. Really, it's it's mind share, though. So when you have a company that does all these things that are, that are based on innovation, if you get a bunch of guys and girls together to only focus on developing products and listening to a particular customer, sometimes the only way to do that is to form a group that nobody else can touch and yeah. steal resources from. So yeah. what we do now is we have a development team that only listens and pays attention to this marketplace. We believe, very, we have a kind of like a motto, a mantra in our company, mm-hmm. that if you observe what your customer does, and you listen to them, and you observe their human behavior. I know it sounds very philosophical, no, but I like it. Yeah. you will make products that do that are extensions of what they do with their hands and their creativity. Interesting. And believe it or not, we're very sensitive to that. Yeah. We're very sensitive to making extensions to what you do and what you intend to do with devices that can complement that. 
Wow. Awesome. Yeah. So what, what, did, what did you say you were launching at the show? So back to... Did you get into that? I don't yeah, think so. <laughs> we asked, and then and I don't think I, I got think an answer. I think the beers we're having, guys. Maybe. <laughs> or the fireball. <laughs> Squirrel. Squirrel. <laughs> so um, at the show, uh, as far the platform for you know, our milling technology remains the same. Our DWX52D, which we find sort of commonplace in every laboratory today, is a tool. It's yeah. an extension of what you were just saying, of the hands of the technician and or the design that you're doing on your computer, or the needs of the case at hand, mm-hmm. right? The situation. So uh, we still have the 52D. We have our 52DCI with uh, this changer, which is nothing new, but it's still taking on. Like, it's still coming into the laboratory where that yeah. plus one puck yeah. is still a, a big differentiator mm-hmm. in productivity. Yeah. So we haven't done anything new from the, our platform itself, but we did introduce on our wet mill, which... I'll plug in a little bit of my own philosophy and things that I see going on yeah, from observing please. you guys, yeah. is that that to me is a, is a new solution for your marketplace, which is we see you guys going away from pressing and more you know, in, that di- in that behavior of digital workflows. Our 42W has the same milling outcome and results as our dry mills. And we felt that on, wet, on grinding, you know, for lack of you know the generic term Emacs, right? Yeah, yeah. Or glass ceramic, or nano composites. Mm-hmm. Our forty two W platform, we are now looking to make that more productive. So it would do three units in one single run. Mm-hmm. Now it can do six. So we came up with an uh, an adapter that is more along the lines of the productivity that we see necessary in the lab. So we'll be able to set up six units and walk away and have the machine send you an email when it's done milling. Oh, wow. Oh, it sends you an email? Sweet. Nice. All of our bills will send you an email when they're finished. <laughs> nice. You set your mill to run at 5 o'clock. You set up a couple pucks, you know, and you're having dinner. And you and I were talking about you yeah, know, having yeah. cots at the laboratory. Yeah, yeah. Is Sleeping at the lab. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the only industry I've ever heard of, by the way. It's, I don't come from this world. I started working in dental about 10 years ago. But I found it tremendously interesting. We were talking about this like last night with Elvis that lab technicians are the only people that have like cots in their yeah. laboratory. Oh God, yes. You don't have yeah. Like, you, we don't have friends that go, hey, I'm going to sleep at the bank tonight. Yeah. You no. Know? Nope. <laughs> Who was it? Someone last <laughs> you night live and said you die. one of the most important things I bought for my lab was the comfortable couch in my office. <laughs> yeah. So he has a good place to sleep. Yeah, so as far as yep. uh, yeah, new things, the uh, the adapter for our 42W, and uh, we brought back something that we kind of by mistake had innovated a while back, which was a C-clamp. Mm-hmm. So now when we see these full arch restorations, you guys want, again, I think you guys want to be able to get that beautiful result and that mm-hmm. tight morphology and super beautiful anatomy. Yep. We realized by mistake that if we took a five-axis mill and we flipped up the puck 90 degrees, we can mill it head on. Oh. So in our new mills, hmm. we accidentally sort of did away with that. Uh, so we brought back an accessory that allows people to do that. Wow. So Which was, it was funny. People, we didn't think that it was that big of a deal. And then everyone was going, wait a second, where did my 90-degree milling go? And now, because I don't know if this is my take on it, but yeah. you guys can confirm it because you're closer to it. I see that we're moving towards like big appliances and bigger restorations. Yeah. You know, the all on six and four and, yep, yep. you know, all on four or all on X. Yeah. So that demands that, you know, you guys don't want to finesse those pieces when they come off the mill. The mill wants, you want the mill to do about 98% of the work. Yep. Well, that's again, that's when you bring back that 90 degree milling and that, that head on milling. Hmm. So interesting. Never again, heard that term, head on milling. Yeah, it's, it's good. Just, I like it. I think it's, you got to yeah. listen to the customer. Yeah. You got to be there, you got to be sensitive to what you guys need. And the thing is that, you guys lead us to the solutions that we need to provide to the market. It's very easy if we just simply ask the questions or sometimes just watch and observe. I mean, again, my, uh, my position on walking away from uh, pressing, I see that pressing is kind of the last manual process that has. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. Yeah. I, I have to um, seat and finish veneers and cut down the sprue, and I just, yeah. <laughs> like, why are we still pressing? Exactly. And also, the funny thing is that in this industry, correct me if I'm wrong, just from a, from a business standpoint, the failure rate, the, the remake, you know, mm. which was a term that was new to me years ago, yeah. the remake rate was quite high in the manual world. Was it not? Yeah. Significant? Mm-hmm. And then when you ask people about the digital workflow and their remake rate, they kind of look at you like, oh, I forgot about that. 
You know? It's significantly lower. Yeah, because right? it's so precise. Once you dial it down. Yeah. I mean, when you first start doing something, either on a new mill or a new machine, or even sometimes a new technician. Takes yes, a little bit of time. Yeah, they do like three or four, and you're like, no, yeah. no. And then once you dial it, it's golden. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that when you go, and then you look at pressing, and pressing is still that one process in the laboratory that has a high rate of failure or significant rate of failure. Yep. And now you look at it differently. Whereas before it was the nature of the beast. Mm-hmm. Now you look at it like that's a huge pain in the butt. Yeah. yeah. Plus and having people that can do it is also, it's becoming like a denture technician. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not easy. Yeah. Nope. Very, a lot of steps. Yes. When I learned how you do Way that, too I was many. like, wow, <laughs> to get a crown? Yeah. Yep. This other one, you, you know, it's a simple two steps. Yeah. Do you recall, I mean, when we talked about um, in Vegas, uh, we were talking about that technicians are like unicorns, right? Mm-hmm. You don't get people, this is what I've seen in the market and hearing, uh, is that you guys have trouble finding people. Yeah. You have trouble. Big um, time. And then the, the obviously the, the ramp up or the indoctrination process, uh, that tutor t- to student sort of dynamic is hard to do with digital tools. Yep. You know? It's a lot easier for me to do something manually and then have you replicate it. But it's really difficult for me to show you how to maybe design. Yeah. Because, I mean, look at the dynamic. If you know, I was showing Elvis how to design the crown or something, I would like, literally have to climb over him and grab the mouse from his hand. Yeah. Right? So that tutelage process, it's kind of difficult to do. Right? Mm-hmm. I actually, I learned this at a laboratory. Uh, there were, you know, one person was teaching another how to design. And they, they actually were team viewing in from within the same laboratory so that they physically could teach each other in dialogue. Makes sense. Right? Yeah. But isn't that, isn't that funny? Isn't that it is interesting? funny. Yeah, yeah. But it so actually makes sense. I it mean. was the only way that I could be like, hey, you know what? Touch this. Or I could observe what you're doing without physically getting in your way. Yeah. Or deterring you from actually experiencing what you needed to experience. Yeah, do it yourself. Yeah. So. That's how you learn. Yeah. Yeah. So I think... I, don't know, I think it's a fascinating, it's still, every year it's like a fascinating thing. I look at, you know, I'm looking across here, there's guys at Three Shave. You know, back in the day, the limited margin took like 60 clicks. Yeah. Today it takes one. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. And then you had 60 to. 60 clicks. Yep. <laughs> you had to like click on your mesial and your distal, and now that happens automatically. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, sometimes I, I wonder, you know, if the the modern technician has an appreciation those improvements. What well, you've guys? been around. I remember going to meetings. It was all about how many clicks it did oh, to yeah. do something. Yep. It was like that was the only way they were able judge. to judge yep. or see how well a technician was mm-hmm. was how many clicks. Nobody talks about that anymore. No, you're right. Yeah, That's but, true. And then you have like you kind of go, wow, it's like you forget the pain you went through. And uh, yeah. It's almost like... We're on the other side now. <laughs> we take it for granted real quick. Yeah, real quick. <laughs> We're done. I think, there was, I think there was a... I don't want to go on a gnarly tangent. I don't know how what our audience is like <laughs> for this podcast, but I think it was Joe Rogan, maybe? Yeah. Yep. I think, or I don't know if I have that right. Or Louis C.K., which maybe it's not a cool guy to <laughs> mention these days. But I think he, he made a joke once that he was, it was, he was on his first flight with Wi-Fi. And, you know, they're like, hey, you know what? We're going to get up to 30,000 feet. You guys are going to have Wi-Fi. And it's like, whoa, you guys, looks, they look at each other like, that's amazing. And they get up there and, you know, they're like, hey, everybody, open your laptops. You're going to have Wi-Fi. And then uh, all of a sudden they come online and like, hey, guys, we apologize, but the Wi-Fi is not quite working. And, they, you know, the passenger next to him says, oh, my God, I can't believe this. And it's like, wait a second, man. When we were down on the ground, you didn't even know this was possible. Now yeah. you're, you know, it's like, and now you're complaining that you don't have it. Yeah. So. I don't know. It's just funny. I think no. we, just, we forget really quickly. I was just on a flight where they didn't, the Wi-Fi wasn't working. The captain had to come on and say, we apologize. There's nothing we can do. We tried restarting it. I'm sorry. Like, they had to really apologize. Cause these yeah, people because were just people like are used to it. Yeah. yeah. Like, how am I going to get through this hour and 45-minute yeah. flight? And I was just like, really? Yeah. I don't know. But if you think about it, I mean, if you're flying cross-country today, it takes you five hours or so. You kind of count on getting it, some stuff you done. You get business done, <laughs> emails, yeah. Yeah. You, you name it, absolutely. I mean, how often do you get an out-of-office reply from anybody today? No matter where we're at, we're in, yeah. you know? Yeah, we're always yeah. plugged in. Yeah, that's, very, that's true. You don't get it very often. But I think as far as the tools for, for our industry, I guess it's not necessarily important that we remember the pain that we've gone through. 
but at the same time, we should, we're in a really cool place. Yeah. And, right? Yeah. It's Wouldn't a you? great time to be doing what we're yeah. doing. And then I think it just takes you to, like, what, what's next? Like, what, what's going to be possible? You know, like, oh, we have a printer upstairs that can print a shaded temp. I don't know if you guys. Yeah, have we seen were it. just talking about that printing teeth and shaded. It's, it's actually and in our wow. in our suite. So come on up. It's so Roland does printers too. No, we have an alliance with a company oh. out of Italy, DWS, and that's kind of a new thing. Going back to your question, if you guys pop up and check it out. Um, so these guys, isn't that a shoe store? <laughs> DWS, uh, I think they're. Yes. Is, is, it? is it? Wow, you are surprising <laughs> the hell out of me today. <laughs> I don't know where you get that. Shoes or something. Oh, well, hmm, okay. These, yeah. Now these guys can come to the states, man. Yeah. <laughs> Just open that door. Gotta yeah. change it. <laughs> so, yeah, these guys actually have uh, really cutting-edge technology. Yeah. And I know that's a, so, such a hokey thing to say. Yeah. But it is really like the dawn of something very new, which is the ability to print a temp with actual shade, like with realistic shade. And yeah. now SDL files, you know, if you look at uh, the color data that's coming from an internal scanner, and you and I were talking about, you know, communic- digital communication last yeah. night. The communication that you were given when you're resolving this situation, this case, now is, it tells you, there's a lot of data there. You have color, yeah, you have, yeah, yeah. obviously you have, you know, contacts and preps and whether you can see the margin, et cetera. But now you can actually design your file will have color data in it. Therefore, in an additive process, not only are you building a volume, but you're also respecting and applying color data, right? Yeah. Now, it's for a temp. It's not for a permanent restoration. But now the possibilities are all, they're there, right? I'm always amazed at the confluence of all the things coming together. Materials, technology, software. Oh, yeah. And it's people. 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 Yeah, exactly. Well, let me ask you that maybe it might be a hard question, but as a milling company, do you guys see a worry of printed crowns? I think that you can't. I mean, it might be 10 or 20 years off, but... I don't think it's that far off. Yeah? I mean... No. I have I don't we were talking about that at Calab. I don't think it's printed crowns. It's yeah. Not that, it's not that far off. And I think that as a company, like, you know, company... See, when you're a mill company, if you're a milling company, you should be really concerned. We're not a milling company. We're an innovation company. And I'm, I'm not go. trying to, like, elevate... That makes a lot of it. sense. Yeah. It's a great not, answer. Yeah. I'm not trying to, like, elevate who we are. You know, oh, no, we're just smarter than everybody. We're focused on what's going on around us we believe and we're doing things that you should never be concerned to lose actually i could tell you very it would send us on a tremendous tangent but our company has been faced with this situation multiple times in our history sure where the the, you know maybe a a bread and butter product Mm -hmm. was being you know maybe just time was it wasn't being attacked by the world just things were changing well i mean you don't want to become a blockbuster exactly and that's why you partner up with the an Italian 3D printer. Yeah. Because you guys are already doing what you should be fearing, but you're staying on top of it, and that's important. Exactly. Yep. Well done. Huge. Yeah, if you don't listen to your customer, your cust- I mean, listen to the marketplace, listen to the customer, don't force things down a path just because that's the path you're on. Be nimble. Continue doing what you're doing well. Continue to improve. But also be aware that if you don't evolve and innovate, you, we know what happens. Yeah. Those milling companies are going to say, 3D printing crowns aren't going to happen. Everyone's going to continue milling. It will be the ones that don't exist in Every 10 year. years. You can, the things that today, I mean, there are companies that we're all aware of that come out with things that are just absolutely, that were not imaginable just 24 months ago. Yeah. Right now, we're moving in like like 18 to 24 months uh, steps. Yeah. And although you, sometimes we can't even think back of what we were doing in our lives 24 months ago. I couldn't right. even tell you 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you last night. Yeah. I can. <laughs> agreed. Agreed on that. Everyone, I can. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on. Yeah, that's Thanks. cool, We man. enjoyed thank talking you. to you. Thanks I for, had no uh, idea. Yeah. You know, yeah. I just hear about Roland Mills. And I was like, okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, keys. Not, not to do like a, a, a plug for Argon, for example, but this is a relationship that we have where we, it's almost like you learn from your customer because they're an innovator. I think it stems obviously from their people and listening to their customer, which they do very well. Yeah. But it's also just an attitude of like, just we got to innovate. We got to create. We got to do the, the next thing that will help our customer. Not the th- next thing that benefits us. Yeah. But they believe that if they listen to their customer, they observe what they need. And also all the forces in the market, they, they'll, they'll do what they need to do for their business, for the yeah. betterment of their business. So. We admire Argon for that. I think Roland, DigiShape, we kind of 
we're similar in that way. Awesome. Awesome. Thank Guys, you. thanks for having Appreciate me. It. It yeah. Was a pleasure. So much. Thanks for coming Thank by. All right. A big thanks to Randy and Scott James and Fernando for taking the time out of your busy LMT lab day to sit down and chat with my partner, Elvis. Unfortunately, I wasn't there that day and super missed it, but you did a great job and thank you very much. Thank you again, Argon, for giving us the space to set up. It was amazing. It's nice to hear from a lab before the COVID-19 hit our country. And it's important to remember that there will be a time when we all get back to where we were and running and growing our labs, going out to dinner, going to the beach, hanging out. It's coming. I really believe it. I miss seeing people other than my family. <laughs> yeah. I miss going out to dinner. I never realized I really do that. too. Yep. Somebody serve me my food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the things we take for granted. Yep. You know, actually, after we talked to Fernando, I was ready to buy a rolling mill for summer <laughs> right after lab day. I had the purchase agreement all written up. Argon was ready to do it. And then uh, oh COVID-19 God. happened and we put it all on hold. So I'm waiting for the time that we can get back to doing the amount of units we were doing before. So I can go ahead and get that rolling mill. That seems like a pretty nice piece of equipment. You got a couple of them, don't you? I sure do. And I would agree. Yeah. Man, we were so close to getting one, but you know, as Bennett says, when you drop down 90% of work, it's hard to really uh, make those purchases. I know. I'm with you. All right, everybody. We appreciate it, and we will talk to you next week. Have a good week. Stay safe. Have a good one. See ya. Bye. (laughs) 